What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Right. Delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got a, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. You guys know where to get us. ApologiaRadio.com is where you get dim internet's version of us. Or if you're in town in uh, Arizona, you can go to apologiachurch.com, get more information on how to join us for worship. Sundays, 4 p.m. We're meeting right now at Arizona Community Church in the studio today, Apologia Studios today, with the bear. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back from uh, Canada, eh? Hey. Yeah, yeah. Welcome but back. Only by the grace of God we made it back. Only by the grace of God. Amen. Amen to that. And that's... Uh, Marcus Pittman over there. We're going to call him Blackus. Blackus? Blackus Pittman. Wow. You guys but, just get better no, hold and better on, every week. Hold on. I'm, I just, I just want to say what everybody else is thinking. 
It's glad I'm just glad to have White Marcus back. <laughs> wow. Because apparently when when Ivy's here, he becomes darkest. <laughs> darkest. That was the that was how he did yeah, it, right? Because right. because uh, you were on that post mill podcast. Yeah. You can get him at datpostmill.com. You did an episode with them where Ivy was with you, and Luke said your nickname. We were in Canada listening to it, and Luke said your name is now Darkus. Should we hear Darkus? Do we want to hear Darkus? No. Let's hear Darkus. We don't. I'm down. I'm, I'm down. Ready. I'm always okay. good. But I'm always fine okay, with this. Here. And please. Okay, here's Darkus. If it'll play. You knew that was stupid, Ivy. You knew that was dumb. Hey, 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 That's okay. Hey, That's okay, hey, brother. Still, we still, still love you. Still we still love this brother. Life. This poor little child right here beside me, man. He know. He know he dumb. He know he dumb. <laughs> He can't. He can't. <laughs> and listen to the to the pawn oh, the pawn stars laugh. Anyways, you know he dumb. He know he dumb. So when when Ivy's here, Darkus shows up. <laughs> I love it because because the thing is, Marcus is I totally understand it. I'm from DC, and when I get around when I get around my black friends, all of a sudden that part of DC comes out of me again. Yeah. Your wife said the same thing. Yeah. When she gets around a black Yeah, she friends. does too. Yeah, yeah. She used to work with a lot of them. That's too. funny. That's funny. Yeah. So, hey, this is the Gospel Heard Around the World. Uh, encourage you guys to stay with us over the next couple of weeks in particular because as Apologia Studios gets finished up here, we're going to be getting more content into your hands, some exciting, exciting stuff we have. Uh, keep checking, by the way, at the Apologia Studios page or channel on YouTube. Uh, we have some amazing content from yes. the conference in Canada hey. that we are very excited to share with you. Some stuff we did with Cy Ten Bruggenkate, Matt Slick, Joe Boot. Uh, really great stuff. I think helpful stuff for you guys uh, in the area of the defense of the gospel. I just had a blessed time. Let's just talk real fast about Canada, Luke. I, I'm just mad I wasn't there. What's what's going on? Well, I was just planned a little a little. I mean, it was a long time ago we started planning for this. I think maybe even almost like a year and a half ago. So our, our you know tickets were booked you before you came. You know what I did while y'all were gone? What? Nothing. We had our own Apologia Studios Office Olympics. Oh yeah! Awesome. Oh yeah! It was great. Was it just you? It was just me, and yeah. I won. <laughs> <laughs> I got the gold. <laughs> Hey, Marcus, it makes you feel better when I'm when I'm around my my Chicago peeps. I start I sound a lot like Coach Ditka. Ditka, Mike the Ditka. Oh, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. I was just playing a character there, guys. Darkest. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sure. Okay. So Canada. So Luke and I get to Canada, and we're giggling like a bunch of little schoolgirls. You know, we're just excited to be in Canada. We're finally landed. Um, and you know, Luke and I end up going to, we didn't need to, but we went to two separate customs yeah. agents lines and I don't, we weren't even paying any attention. So yeah. I went to one, he goes to another. So I'm talking to the lady and she's really, really rough. I mean, really rough. And I want to say on the way back quickly, on the way back, the U S customs agents Much were different. totally chill. We're nice, yes. pleasant. I mean, it was really amazing. Yeah. So we get to Canada talking to the lady. She's very, very rough with me. And I'm kind of taken back by it because I didn't expect it. And so she asks me, like, what I'm doing there. And so it wasn't until I mentioned that I was there for a Christian conference. When I said Christian conference, she started to ask me, like, what are you teaching on? Who are you? A Christian conference. So she hands back my passport, and she tells me to go to immigration. So I'm thinking, well, this is where everyone's supposed to go, right, to immigration? I don't know. 
And so I end Wrong. up in the immigration line, and next thing you know, I see Luke following behind me. But then I notice that everyone else is leaving now to go get their baggage. I'm in immigration. So Luke and I are in immigration, and it was amazing. Total racial profiling. I mean... I, Religious. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. had... Um, I mean, anybody with, with a turban on their head yeah. was in that line. Uh, and basically, anyone at color. Yeah, of color. There was a Native American, a girl from Colombia, black some people, black people, and, and it Middle was, Eastern people. Yeah, it was just Luke. And so the strange thing was that Luke and I are white guys in this line. It was like, well, if we are out of place here. What's going on? And this is total racial profiling. But we finally get up after an hour and a half of waiting in um, immigration to the front where the lady is, and she drills me on what are we doing there? What speci- What What do you mean you're Christian? Kind of like you know. Well, who? What are you teaching on? So I just said. The Bible? Well, what are you teaching on? I was like, I don't know what to tell you. The Bible. I mean, and she says, well, what specifically are you teaching on? And I was like, the existence of God? That's what we're doing? Uh, that's the conference? And she just would not let it go. And I think she looked up us, uh, us up online. And she was just hounding us on, like, what kind of Christian? What are you speaking on? Finally, we get let go. We get out of immigration into Canada. And so that was, a, that was an interesting thing. Yeah, and she was flipping through my phone. Oh, yeah, and so she gets Luke's phone because she wants to see an itinerary, but she doesn't, his itinerary on his phone is small little piece. She's flipping through his phone for several minutes. Mm. I mean, all the way through his phone, going through his stuff. And so, I mean, I almost said something, but I was just like, look, we're here for the conference, and I want to get in and be able to minister. And so it was just interesting to see that yeah. in Canada. And I said to her, I said, I, I didn't expect to get these questions in Canada. She says, oh, yes, we ask all kinds of questions yeah. to make sure you're not doing anything illegal. Yeah. And uh, so that was interesting. And I think. Like um, preaching. Yeah. Well, like preaching. Like preaching against homosexuality. Uh, that's illegal. That's a big thing there, yeah. I, I suppose. Um, I tell you, I've never been treated so rudely in my entire life. And I mean that sincerely. Yeah. I, I, get, I get up the customs. By the customs agents. Literally, I walk up. Like you said, we're all smiling. I walk up. Literally, this is what he says to me. I'm not exaggerating. He says, so what are you doing here, man? And I was like, well, I'm, "What? I'm I'm sorry." Like, wow. Uh, I mean, it was like, and I I think after talking to a lot of people, I think they're trained to kind of be rude, so they're able to like see people that are uneasy, and then they send them to immigration. I probably looked very uneasy because I was so like shocked by the way I was being treated that I was like stumbling over my words and everything. Yeah. But it, it's Jeff's right. As soon as I said church, he, he gives me my passport back and said, "You know what? You're just gonna have to go over there in immigration." Yeah. Just go over there. And yeah. I was like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> A while back ago, me and my friend went on a cruise to Canada to do some video work. Uh. And, you know, because you, you, you board the cruise in America, but you end up in Canada. Yeah. So on the way back, when you leave, is when they do the customs check. Oh. So we're having our last dinner. We're all sitting around, luggage in hand. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up and says, hey, uh, you need to go see customs agents. <laughs> And he's like, uh, okay. So he goes to see customs agents, and we don't see him again. We don't see from hear from him again. And so here we are at the airport, and finally, like, he shows up, and he's like, they did a background check on me, and, like, there was, like, a violation wow. that he had in America yeah. that didn't translate well from Canada. So it was, like, a real minor thing that was yeah. already taken care of. But it was considered, like, endangerment to humanity. What? Sorry. That was okay. Me. It was an endangerment to humanity. <laughs> what? 
So he wasn't allowed to board the airplane to go home unless custom officials saw that he was actually leaving. So they were oh trying to kick gosh. him out. This, and then they were late. So I, I get oh on the airplane, and they were late. So he doesn't. He misses the flight. Dang. And so he has to stay there with custom agents because they have to make sure that he doesn't leave the airport or like roam the country. That's crazy, dude. So like it was really terrible. I, I thought I'd never see him again. Well, I tell you what. God knew what he was doing when he created Canada, because it's amazing. Oh, it's, it's one of the most beautiful. beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. But then the socialists life. came and ruined the whole thing. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> At Canada, honest, honestly, it's one of the most gorgeous places I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, everything was just stunningly beautiful. It was amazing. What what a blessing it was to see the mountains. And Luke got to drink out of uh, right out of a river. Yeah, glacier water yeah. right out of the river. Yeah. It was amazing. It was powerful powerful scene. It was amazing. Yes, it was. So we spent time with uh, Matt Slick, Joe Boot, um, and we did a, a conference in apologetics. It was God Keep Our Land Conference. Look, I got it right that time. Um, I didn't even know, like, half of the conference. What's it called again? Yeah, I couldn't remember. God Keep Our Land God Conference. God Save the Queen or something. <laughs> so, um, and uh, it, was, it was just, we, had, we got some great content we're excited to share with you guys. We got to do a Q&A with uh, Matt and Joe and Cy and I. Um, it was really a blessing to be there. The content is up right now. I think if you go to Hill Country Baptist Church on YouTube, Hill Country Baptist Church, all of the messages from the conference are already up and the Q&A sessions. And stay tuned uh, to Apologia Studios channel to get some of the content we filmed with Cy and Joe Boot. It's a huge blessing. And speaking of Side 10 Bruggen Kate, um, we thought it'd be a good idea to uh, get our brother on. Get our brother. What are you saying over there, Marcus? I said, turn the music down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get it. Um, so <laughs> we thought it'd be a good idea to have Cy on to talk about. Uh, we went to the movies together. We got to see Tomorrowland yeah, together after the conference and just to talk about a bunch of other things. So let's go ahead and bring in Cy 10 Bruggen Kate. What's up, Cy? You expect me to come on after all after all that? All that Canadian talk? Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you I gotta take my ear hang on a second, let me take my headphones off. I'm getting a wicked echo. Uh oh. Let me try that. How's that? There's there is no echo. Oh, okay, that's better. Yeah, better. No, I'm still getting a bad echo. Do you know for certain that you're getting a bad echo? <laughs> <laughs> Are you certain about that? Let me let me say this while we're trying to figure that out. Uh once we got past customs Everybody else in Canada were like the nicest people on the face of the earth. Beautiful, yes, wonderful people. Yeah, super friendly. Yeah, and I'm just glad that well. uh, customs is still getting my memos. <laughs> yeah, taxes a little high in Canada. Uh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Free healthcare. Yeah, yeah free. Yes, well, free, 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 free. Quote. Yeah, you know, health, healthcare in Canada is great as long as you're not sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful idea. Yeah. You know what's funny? Somebody said on our Facebook page. That was sinful, huh? Somebody said, because we were complaining about the socialist dick everything up there. And uh, somebody was like, well, you should just go back to your Obama or something. And I was like, I never thought I would say this, but yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Seriously. Canada's awesome. Just the government stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well. And and it's a conservative government, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. In, in Canadian terms. Mm -hmm. so, it's great uh, having you guys up there, though. Oh, we had a blessed time with you, brother. The and fact that you survived, uh, I mean, you could tell uh, how rough you have to be to be able to live up here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cy. Hey, so talk about the conference real fast. What did you teach on at the conference? I taught on 
presuppositional apologetics. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, wow, that, really? That's all, that's all I ever teach on. I, I just uh, I lost the bet. I just change the titles of my messages as I go from place. To, I also teach on reformed apologetic or reformed theology. Sure. But I don't get that chance very often because not all the churches that invite me are reformed. But you know, I mean, the, whatever we taught at the conference, which I think was great, and I hope people do listen to the messages. I'm just so thrilled that you guys finally got a chance to meet my friend Joe Boot. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, das yes. Boot. I wish, das Boot. <laughs> I wish you would have introduced us to him like a year ago. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I had mentioned uh, Joe's name to Marcus about a year ago. I wish I'd done that. I, I would have known who he was because he has no Facebook or Twitter, <laughs> which means mm -hmm. he really doesn't exist, and he could be like your friend Hobbs. <laughs> you know? But I did mention him. Well, let's, I did go, mention let's, him. let's I checked their Facebook messages. Let's give a benefit. But it was just great to see you guys together. I remember um, um, Jeff was saying, we've we got to interview the two of you together. And I said, no, no, just Joe, just Joe. I mean, he's fantastic. And he says, no, no, the both of you. And he starts interviewing Joe. And, you know, halfway through the interview, his back is totally towards me. And I'm thinking, great, it's working out just how I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after, after, her, after hearing Joe Boot speak, I was like, why is Cy in this? Oh, exactly. Just, oh. No, exactly. Just, just, <laughs> no. Edit me out, just edit me out. No, no. I, I'm just kidding. I did tell I love si you, Cy. I did tell Cy that I love Joe because he says everything that Cy says, only smarter. <laughs> and in a British accent. That's true. I mean, even the, the references, the quotes... Um, he was using the quotes that I would have used, but he just like sounds a lot smarter. It just was great listening to him. Well, let's listen to him right now. This is uh, Joe Boot versus Christopher DiCarlo. Uh, his closing remarks, this is a debate between Joe and an atheist. I think it's uh, wonderful for us to play through this and dialogue about it. Here we go. Here's Joe Boot. As always with these discussions, it ultimately comes down to just that. Is God just? See, the topic supposedly we were debating tonight is God, does, does God exist? But, but that's not Dr. DiCarlo's problem, you see. He, he's, he's open on that question. What he doesn't like, he doesn't like God because he doesn't like God's justice, God's definition of justice. That's what comes out and has come out again and again. The issue then is the issue of morality. And as with most skeptics in my experience, the issue is not a lack of evidence to believe in God. It's the desire to live as we want to live without God interfering with our lives in a way that we feel is inappropriate because it limits our freedom in some way or another. Every worldview, whatever you believe, has a point of departure. To call Christianity intolerant is ridiculous. Every worldview that claims truth status has a point of departure. Even Jainism ultimately will say you cannot say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you can, it's impossible to assert any true proposition and be tolerant of the opposite if we're going to say that there is such a thing as truth. Heaven and hell, this again seems to be the issue here. What of heaven and hell? The biblical conception of heaven and hell and of the justice of God is that no man will want to be in the presence of God who doesn't love and worship God. Heaven would be hell to the humanist and the atheist. Hell's their heaven, because it's the perfection in degree of what we want now in life. If our hearts and lives and minds are turned towards God, His righteousness, His truth, His justice, God's presence is heaven to us. It's not heaven to those who would hate God's justice. Those in the... We all move beyond the grave. Yes, we do. The question is, Hell, as biblically defined, is a place where Jesus says there's weeping and gnashing of teeth because people have chosen to be there, their own gods. As C.S. Lewis puts it on the doors, Jesus does not say to any man, uh, you're going to hell. Rather, he says, your will be done. 
It's those who say, thy will be done, who are in the presence of God, and Jesus says to those who do not want to be there, thy will be done. That's the issue. The issue is justice. Well, on what basis can we have justice in the universe? Christopher has talked a lot about morality and justice and is judging the morality of God. If there's no God, there is only, as Dawkins has put it, blind, pitiless indifference. It's just DNA, it's just molecules, molecules, it's just atoms. There is no good, there's no evil, there's no justice, there's no injustice. So there's no good morally complaining to God because morality is not a coherent concept. And that has been my argument this evening. Without God and his spirit, you only have the material universe. How can a constantly changing, impermanent flux of matter be a basis for unchanging, immaterial laws of thought, rationality, or morality? It is, by definition, impossible. And so only by actually presupposing God can Christopher make a moral complaint against God. As I said before, he wants to borrow from my worldview in order to criticize it. This... So there is uh, at least a start of uh, Das Boot. Das Boot. <laughs> can, can I just say that I think that all debates should be in a gymnasium <laughs> with that atmosphere and mascots. There should have been dancing Woo-hoo! mascots. Cheerleaders. Cheer. Well, you know, modest cheerleaders. Modest, modest cheerleaders. cheerleaders. Yeah, and and they the dancing the dancing mascot should have like a dance off like in between breaks. Can there be like what? a hot dog race? What I don't know what a hot dog race is. At the baseball games, they have like they have like four people. Sometimes dressed in like giant different hot hot dog costumes, and they have to race. And like, yes. if your hot dog wins, then yes. you get free hot dogs. That'd be that would be great. Every time we go to the debate, they're always like, uh, "Be quiet, don't don't clap or applaud until the end." And it's just like, no, it should be it should be a, a sporting event. That's what we should do. Okay. Sorry, well, I, I just like the camera. Uh, uh, Sai, uh, your commentary on the video, please. You will notice on the video, um, <laughs> you know. The moderator of that debate, if you have a good look at that debate, is Michael Corrin. That's the same fellow from the arena where Joe was on that show we were talking about before the show, where he was calling homosexuals sodomites. And uh, Michael Corrin kind of freaked out and he wrote a big article against Joe Boot. And Joe Boot responded, but he wouldn't post that article on in the Toronto Sun. But you can get on his website. But um, I gave you guys the links. I don't know if you can post them somewhere. But no, it was an incredible debate. I, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was excellent. Good closing statement. I'm gonna play a little bit of more of it in just a moment here because I'm gonna show how it actually ends and how presuppositional apologetics really wraps up the context of the gospel into the conversation. And so I think we're up on time on this segment. Isn't that right, Marcus? Are we up to? A... Yes, we are. All right. So stay with us, guys. Take a little break here. <clears throat> Whoa, <clears throat> got a little. Fr- <laughs> I got a little bit of Canada left in my yeah. throat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, stay with us, guys. Be right back on Apologia Radio. Don't forget, guys, if you haven't gotten the app yet, get the app at uh, Google Play or the iTunes Store. Pick up the app, Apologia Church. You guys can get all kinds of great content there. It will be updated on a regular basis. And uh, make sure when you do download it, um, actually rate it on Google Play or on the iTunes Store. And by the way, if you do subscribe to Apologia Radio on iTunes, do us a favor and give us a rating and leave a comment for us. And uh, we'll hopefully start reading those again on the air soon. Stay with us, guys. ApologiaRadio.com. More in a minute. Hi, this is Warner with Apologia Radio. 
I want to ask for y'all good friends of ours to go on and click that button there and become my friends on the book face. Facebook backslash Paldry Radio. Become my friend on YouTube. That there uh, twerker. The twerker. I want to talk to you on the twerking. And send me out a twerk. What? Where? What? Twitter. Apologia Radio on Twitter. I also want to tell you we talk about apologetics and theology and we do with a lot of swing dancing and we make a delicious chicken gravy. Apologiaradio.com So, one of the things that um, I hate... Socialism? <laughs> it's flying. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I've flown my whole entire life. I mean, I'm literally... No no joke. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be... Um, I don't think in any way it'd be exaggerating to say I've flown somewhere close to maybe, maybe 900,000 times in my life. Mm. Um, just with going in high school, competing every single weekend, traveling across the country. Some, my parents always had to find a cheaper flight because when I first started competing, they were paying for it before I got picked up on national teams and sponsorship. And so, um, uh, they would always pick the cheapest flight. So I would usually have like three, sometimes three flights, like layovers and everything else to get the cheapest flight. So I don't know. I just, I've had bad experiences flying. Like I've had some, some bad landings, crash landings, slid off the runway once and things like that. So this weekend we had a, a, a bad landing on the way home. Remember? And the way there, it was a bad. Yeah, it was a bad flight, and it was, it was oh, a bad landing. Yeah, yeah. But but the, but the landing in Phoenix yeah, yeah. tripped me out. I mean, I was. I don't know if you saw. I was. My hands were shaking for like ten minutes afterwards. Well, that's because you're holding your purse. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, we hit. That's you're a Calvinist. Yeah. I'm no. I just don't. I'm. I'm uncomfortable. He you bounces. Know what I'm he bounces I, off. I the actually runway. abandon my Calvinism when I'm on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You saw my post, though, didn't you? I had a rough landing, too. Did oh, you? Yeah. I, said, I said, rough landings are a piece of cake when you're not afraid to die. Yeah. Yeah. I just get, I'm just uncomfortable. I don't care. I mean, the dying part, I understand. But, but you've you got a family, though. I mean, you got a reason to live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got a reason to live. Uh, but we had the, we had the, the runway hard. And yeah, so it was, it was so hard that you heard the plane. Everyone goes, huh. <laughs> like, like everyone <laughs> in the plane, like, oh, it makes that noise. And I turn around and look at the flight attendants or sit, attendants are sitting down behind me. And the one they were commenting to each other, like, what the heck was that? Like when they're making, you know, noise about it, you know, something's up. It was a yeah, hard landing. It, it, was hurt. Bad. it hurt. Um, all right, guys. So we're back. Apologiaradio.com. Uh, here's how you guys can participate with us in ministry. You can join together with us. And I, and, and I know you hear me say this a lot, but I encourage you guys to take this seriously. Um, if you're encouraged by what we do on this show, if you're a regular listener and you're, you're learning you're blessed by what our, our ministry is putting out, what God is doing through this ministry. You can actually join with us. And the way that you do that is by letting your friends and family, your brosifs, know about Apologia Radio. Share uh, an episode. Get it at ApologiaRadio.com. Share it on your Twitter. Share it on your Facebook, on your Google+, or whatever it is. 
Share it. Let everyone know who we are and encourage everyone to listen. And soon, we'll let you guys know more about this as we get to it. Soon, you'll be able to actually subscribe to become a subscriber to Apologia Radio. You're going to get all kinds of really great content, additional content, more than we've been doing on a regular basis. And... Some stuff that sounds a little bit like Apologia Academy. We'll just sort Maybe. of drop that in your ear a little bit. And, you sounds know, a little academic. A little academic. Oh. way you can actually train with, you know, some top scholars and scientists, you know, interact. And hey, hay, I like it. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to. Oh, there you go. I'm just going to you know, let you Anonymous. think about that. That's all. And uh, so just, just be, drop a little hint yeah, and go be, away. Just be ready for that. That's all I'm saying. And uh, so we're back. Uh, let's play the rest of, and it's only a minute or so. Oh, do you have to Yeah, before you say that, uh, before you play that, uh, be watching too. The next probably three weeks or so, um, we're going to be having four different T-shirts we'll be pre-ordering. So be watching for those. I This weekend, a lot of people that wanted more shirts. We're always getting asked for that. Be watching. They're going to be awesome, too. It's, be, it's a beautiful Continue. thing. Here we go. More of Joe Boot in his closing remarks at the Does God Exist debate from 2009. There's not a debate about the age of the earth. If we want to do a debate, a discussion about the age of the universe or whatever, fine. There are other Christians who hold a different view to me. The debate is, does God exist? What is the offense of the Christian position? The offense is that instead of beginning with man and his reason as, reason as autonomous and as the ultimate standard, we begin with the being of God and his revelation for the Christian in ultimately in Jesus Christ. You see, man's problem, human being's problem, is that we want to be our own standard for everything. Morality, truth, justice, and everything else. And so we collapse into a relativistic sea. We disappear and deconstruct ourselves into the void of questions with no answers, of ultimate meaninglessness of the third, as the existentialists have put it. The discussion tonight has been about two worldviews, two ways of approaching reality. The most that the non-theist can attest to, can affirm, is the, the thinking self, the I. That's it. That's all they want to attest to. But they can't move beyond that. Because without God, there's no basis for a correlation between my mind and the world, or a correlation between my mind and your mind. Because there's no pre-ordered structure, pattern, design. There's no design plan. It's irrational, brute, factuality. Unbelief leads ultimately to the denial of knowledge because brute facts are impervious to rationality. Our choice is stark. It's a choice between a world of total meaning in God or a world of total meaninglessness. A personal God or an impersonal void. Your choice tonight is not between Joe Boot and Dr. DiCarlo. This is a choice between the autonomous self, the eye of DiCarlo, and God. Jesus Christ and Christopher DiCarlo, you take your pick. Jesus has spoken authoritatively, I believe, in his word. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. If you really want moral freedom, freedom from guilt, you can know it in the person of Jesus Christ. He said, I've come, you might have life in all its fullness. And you can know God, I'm telling you that today, in Christ. And there you go. That's Joe Boot, baby. He sounds a lot like I'm out of a job. <laughs> I have severe, so I need to like snack. <laughs> Doss boots. <laughs> hey, by the way, he's Dutch, you know that. He's Dutch. Yep, his grandfather Boot is actually boat. Dutch. <laughs> yep. Really. <laughs> Interesting, uh, yeah. Yeah, his grandfather was Dutch, and then his father was British, and then, of course, he was as well. What is every, why does everything sound more delicious with a British accent? 
I don't know. I don't know why. Sounds a lot smarter. Yeah. Well, I I mean, he's smart anyways. You could, he could speak like darkest. Darkest. (laughs) You know, I have my own theory. I doubt it. By the way, I don't think it was darkest. I think it was drunkest. Drunkest. (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but he did. Or feeling no penis. (laughs) We were listening and so I was like, is he drinking? (laughs) No, I know he wouldn't do that. Oh, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you were talking about your cauliflower. That's my theory, but... um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. Marcus wouldn't do that. Yeah. No. So, I am I <laughs> drunk am, on life. I I do not drink alcohol ever. You were just happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so hey, let's talk about uh, what Joe did there. I think it's it's important for people to recognize when you talk about the discussion of apologetics and how should we be doing this uh it's not about just simply pick your team like well what do you prefer i i i i like this you know i prefer this this floats my boat this apologetic methodology it really is about uh, the moral requirement we have as Christians in the area of apologetics, where Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Then he says, always being ready to give a reasoned defense. Jesus says, you're either with me, against me, for me, or against me. So, I mean, that's the issue of apologetics. But notice how Joe was able to, with standing on Christ and his authority in the world, utterly demolish the unbelieving worldview, and at the same time complete his debate, his public debate and discussion, with the testimony of Christ as the way, the truth, and the life, and the call to come to him for life. I think it's important to talk about because this issue of apologetics is not simply um, an issue of, again, pick your click. What do you like better? It really is what is most biblically consistent, what is philosophically consistent, what moral requirement do we have as Christians in the area of apologetics, and the issue of, of mingling together the call of the gospel with the apologetics. So, Sai, talk about that, because I'm sure we'll have new listeners that are listening to this episode, and they're just getting into the issue of apologetics. Talk about the bottom line of apologetics. Hey, man, I took notes. I thought that was great. Um, one of the biggest complaints that I get from atheists when I come to a debate and I see them post in comments afterwards, they say, he didn't come to debate, he just came to preach. And I say, amen. Because hmm. our our presupposition, our foundation is God and his yeah. word. And if that's what they accuse me of, then at least they got it. Yeah. That I'm saying that unless you start with God, you can't make sense of anything. Scripture says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Jesus Christ. So if I depart from that, if they think that I'm starting from some autonomous position, then I've lost before I started. Because all authority has been given to Jesus Christ. We do not argue for his authority by giving it up. We start with his authority. That's very, very good. that's what took place in this debate, and that's what I tried to do in all of my debates as well, saying that you can't make sense of anything unless you start with God. And And I make my claim, then I expose that any claim contrary to that just does not hold water. Yeah, we, it's important to emphasize what you just said in case someone missed it. We need to think hard about that. You, you can't argue for the authority of Jesus Christ by giving up the authority of Jesus Christ. And so when you have someone like William Lane Craig, which, by the way, Matt Slick was tripping when you played <laughs> the, the uh, William Lane Craig clip where Craig is uh, against Kraus, and Kraus asks him, are you certain that God exists? And Craig says, no! Did he really say it like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, yes. like like a girl. Yes. He says no. <laughs> no. And yeah. uh, and what did Kraus say, uh, Sai, when he said that? Good. He says good. Good. Well, of course. He says good because he just lost the debate. Thank you. Yeah. And so now, now, now the thing is, I posted that on my wall, and all the 
what the WLC man crush has come out of the woodwork, and they say, oh, he was talking about philosophical certain logical certain. Watch the clip, and and that's you see awesome. if that's the case. But it's what he says there is consistent with his apologetic. Yes, he starts with always be ready. He doesn't start with set apart Christ as Lord. And you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say he's not a believer. I mean, we heard some. Um, things about his uh, his theology recently that, you know, were troubling. Yeah. I don't know the man's heart. The thing is, if you listened to me 10, 15 years ago before I was presuppositional, I might have sounded like that, but we have to give him some grace. However, when he says stuff like that, it's very troubling. But not being certain about the existence of God is consistent with an apologetic, with an evidential apologetic that gives you evidences to most likely conclude that some deity might exist. See, and that's not what we're talking about, a presupposition, as we start with the God of Scripture. Yeah, it's not going to help us as Christians if we can convince something that there's some, somebody that there's something out there, because we're not talking about the God of the Bible. When someone tries to reason through the cosmological argument in some sense to get to there has to be a first cause or an unmoved mover or what have you, we're getting to a, we're not getting to the call to repentance, who Jesus Christ is, and everything else. And so that's important. You cannot argue for the authority of Jesus Christ by giving up the authority of Jesus Christ. That's not how Jesus comes into the world and his message. And notice also in Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus gives that beautiful picture that we sing about in church, where he says that there's um, two, two men, uh, one wise, one foolish. There are two foundations. One is on the rock, one is on the sand, and two ultimate destinations of those homes. Uh, notice that their response in Matthew 7 to Jesus telling him that when he says that the person on the rock is the one who builds their life on the rock of his word, their response is that he speaks as one having authority. They could see that Jesus isn't making an appeal outside of himself for something else else to corroborate his testimony. He is the ultimate authority. He is God in the flesh. And when he speaks, he speaks with truth and authority, and he doesn't ask them to sign his papers. He doesn't say, well, whoever builds a life uh, on the rock of my word, does anybody have any questions about that? Would you like me to um, extrapolate on that point? Does anybody want to know more, or would you like to see my papers or my passport? He, he, he just says it, and they say, well, he speaks as one having authority. They recognize that authority instantly. You know what else Amen. I like about Joe? Is he can give the gospel at the end of his debates about crying. <laughs> no, I'm okay. kidding, Cy. I'm kidding. I love Technically, you. Technically, that was at hey, church. So Cy, you I, know that I, was I my favorite Marcus, part. I told Marcus not to use that scene. I know. You know that was my favorite part. If you tell a director not to use something... That's a, that definitely means that he's going to use it. That's, <laughs> I think that's the first thing the I said time. after the service. I said, Marcus, do not use that scene. And, of course, he gets that. Marcus I already left, edited so. the entire film based <laughs> off of that scene before he told me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I was like, that's it. In credits. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, let's play this clip. Speaking of apologetics, let's play this clip from Answer the Fool. You can go to answerthefool.com to get a copy of it. This is Cy Ten Bruggenkate from the film uh, Reasoning with Unbelievers at a University. There is no truth. Is that true, sir? Yes. What if there isn't? What if there isn't? It's absurd to hypothesize that there is no truth. Because the question assumes truth. Why? People ask me, how do I know that this Bible is true? I'll tell you. I know this Bible is true because if you reject it, you can't make sense of your question. That didn't make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Well, you're not answering you. the question. I'll explain it to you. How is it true? I'll explain to you. You say, how do you know that this Bible is true? What does that question assume? That a question assumes a standard of truth. Truth makes no sense without God. Because if you just have evolution, you just have brain fizz. You can't get truth from a brain fizz. What is truth, sir? <laughs> you keep 
asking that question and expect a different response. That's like that's the if that's, that's the right. of your argument. What you I'm have saying no is argument. unless you start because with you the God that everybody knows exists, than... you can't know anything to be true. I'm just talking. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about like things. I'm just talking. Your argument right now is so just circular. The whole time you it's ask circular same, reasoning, fallacious. So you sir. ask the same three questions or five. Well, we'll talk many, about circularity. No, you talk about the same. Three we'll talk about five, circularity. We'll move the conversation on. By circular reasoning, you are making things sound true that aren't true. You're altering ideas. You're altering. Well, we weren't things. talking about truth anymore, now, sir. We are already agreed on that. Sorry. You're altering. Whatever. You're altering all these things and what we're saying to make it sound, to make it go with your argument, that's wrong. It's wrong. Yes. Well, we're, we're not talking about truth anymore, so now we're talking about logic. I'm not having a logical argument. I'm just telling you what you're doing is, okay, hey, I mean, hey, I'm just telling you, but your logical arguments, hey, it's not helping. No one is buying it. No one buys it. Do you it. believe in logic, sir? No one, hey, I'm talking. No one is buying this. I can't make them buy it. Do you know why people aren't buying it? Actually they love their sin. Not go, Do you know what everybody's truth, thinking out what's here? What's that? Just this man is saying that my argument is circular, and he has a problem are, with it. If you can't Hang on, this. let me finish. He has a problem with circularity, and so do I. Circular I, reasoning is absolutely fallacious. Can I get, can I get? Let me finish. Let me finish. Do you know why? Because I believe in absolute laws of logic. Logic is universal. It, it applies to all people at all times everywhere. Logic is not made of matter. You can't go buy a pound of logic in the store, and logic does not change. God is universal, God is not made of matter, and God does not change. Hang on, I can make sense of logic Wait. in my worldview. There's a man who says that I'm arguing illogically. My question is, where do you get logic without God? That's, that's not what I'm saying. saying. I'm just saying, saying you're logical. You're, you're accusing me of a logical fallacy. Where do you get logic without God? Where does logic come from, sir? We went from truth to logic. It, it not, you don't need God to yeah. see how this is going around a circle. You are asking sir. circular. Yeah. You're giving you're giving examples that don't apply. They simply just don't apply to the situations. They sir. They change how what we say. I agree and that is with wrong. you. I don't have to have logic. I I can believe nothing. I don't have to have logic. Okay, no. I'm gonna prove that Hold God exists. On. I don't have to have logic to see that your argument is just going back and forth. You don't need logic to see that? No, I don't need logic to see that. You don't need logic to see that something is illogical. Illogical. Interesting. All Who right. Is that jerk? Who is that jerk in the background? <laughs> you talking about you? Oh. Were you talking uh -oh. about you? <laughs> Hey, man, you play those clips without the video, and I, and I just sound like I'm really mean. No, no, I didn't think so at all. I did, that's what it's I'm saying. funny, you know, uh, people invite me to their church to speak, and they expect that guy, <laughs> and they get and they get a clown, and they think, yeah, what's going I, I, on That's what I say. Were you talking about you just now? I, you were being a jerk. Not at all. No, I, I, that's what, that's what I, no, I, I, was, I don't believe that at all. And, and, and here's the thing. When, when people that are raised up in our current culture, I'm talking about Christians now, when they see anybody being direct or forceful in any way or standing on Christ's authority and just saying things as they are, I mean, you could be, you could be a, a pussycat speaking the truth just boldly, and people say, well, you shouldn't do that because that's too confrontational. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of that, Cy, isn't, is, I saw How to Answer the Fool. I, I, didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think anything other than it was great. 
Oh, I, thanks, I think I, it's I, hard to get the context because I was actually preaching there, and there's a pretty big crowd. That's and we didn't have amplification, so that's where my voice was elevated. Right. I mean, Sai, here's the thing. I mean, if you read Acts and you you look at this, uh, I mean, you look at two scenes: one in Acts nine, where Paul goes to Damascus and he's he's arguing with them in the synagogues, and he proves that Jesus is the Messiah. You look at also um, Apollos in Acts, I think it was 18, where it says that he was eloquent, mighty in the scriptures, and it says he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. I mean, I think in both those instances, I can't see either Paul or Apollos as, you know, these passive, very, very, you know, I mean, they, they were they obviously were being bold. And in Acts chapter 9, it's it says that the result of Paul refuting them in their own synagogues was that some people wanted to kill him. Now, I mean, obviously, people had their feathers ruffled. I'm not saying, well, obviously, we don't want anybody to be a jerk and apologetics, but the, the point is, is that like, the gospel comes with a boldness, obviously, and a humility. There's a humble boldness there, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come and cut some people. I mean, so, I mean, that's just, you know, I think a lot of uh, what people might have against uh, the film itself size isn't, isn't because of anything in the film behavior-wise that I see. It's the shaky cam. <laughs> it might be the shape. Well, well, thankfully, in the next film, Mark has performed a minor, minor miracle. Well, you cried, mm man. <laughs> it's because you cried. Yeah. The betting de 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 right de com, <laughs> and you cried. And you I was said like, you made me likable. Yeah, I made you likable. Wait, where can we find that film? Debatingdelahunty.com. Oh. Yeah. You can download it right away. You don't even Are you going to put that on DVD? No. Who has a DVD player anymore? A what? A, a, a what? Blu-ray, baby. <laughs> yeah, you put it on Blu-ray? Maybe Blu-ray. Yeah, that'd be nice. That could work. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, how are we doing on time here, Marcus? I don't have a clock in front of me yet. We're still duct taping this episode together. Uh, we could go to a break. Okay, let's go to a break <laughs> right now, guys. And uh, we'll come back in just a moment here. More with Apologia Radio. We're actually going to talk about Tomorrowland, the new Disney film that uh, Luke and Cy and I went to see it together in Canada. Hey. And uh, Marcus saw it too in Arizona. We're going to talk about it, City in the Hill stuff, and whether or not Tomorrowland by Disneyland or Disney <laughs> was post-mill. There's no debate. Well, we'll see. with gold. Gold! Gold and silver! Silver and gold! Wow. Speaking of silver and gold, Marcus, your beard looks amazing. Your beard looks amazing. Are you using Yukon's beard by I chance? I am using Yukon's beard every single day. It's made of essential oils, and it helps me get rid of beard drift. And it smells great, too. We really want to thank our sponsors, Yukon's Beard, and we want to encourage all of our listeners to go to yukonsbeard.com and you can order some of this amazing, magical, mystical beard oil that will change your life and your beard forever. So yukonsbeard.com, it'll change your life. Good day, I'm Adam. And I'm Zeb. And we host the Reformed and Reloaded podcast. Each week we bring scripture to bear on the news, issues, and politics of the firearm culture in the United States. We talk about manly things like berettas, beards, and biblical theology. So join us as we shoot our way through the issues of the day. It's a real blast. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw it. 
That was pretty good. Come on. Again with Side Ten Brook and Kate with uh, Marcus Pittman the Bear in the studio right now. Let's uh, let's talk a bit about apologetics. What do you think, Luke? That's the Side Ten. Which yeah. side you you don't like the song because it doesn't say Ten Brook and Kate? Like you don't. No, like I didn't the... say I didn't like it. It just uh, you know I think uh, the atheists get a kick out of calling me Side Ten. It's just like calling you uh, Jeff Durr. <laughs> do the Durr Durr. Do the Durr Durr. <laughs> or the Luke Pier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or the Mark Pitt. <laughs> it's, hey, it's, uh, it's all right. Hey, if there you know, was a song uh, called the Mark Pitt, I'd be I'd be jamming <laughs> to it all day. But you know, you know, Australians love it because it's Satan. Satan sounds, sounds like Satan. <laughs> <laughs> like Satan. Satan. Hey, I was thinking today, Sai, that um, from now on, when you're debating somebody and they start freaking out to your apologetic, I'm just gonna say, man, they'd be brugging. <laughs> they'd be Quit brugging, bro. Quit brugging He's brugging out. All right, Luke, we got a question on our Apology okay. Radio Facebook page, so let's get to that. The question came from an atheist, a, a naturalist apparently. Uh, well, he won't he won't even subscribe to atheism. Oh, okay. All right. But I thought I thought he said he was a non-believer. Yeah. Naturalist. Yes, yes. So he's an atheist. Yeah, I know. Okay. Exactly. Okay, so I the only reason I want to share this cuz there's I know there's a lot of people that are following my phone's been blowing up the last 2 days. Um, and, and for the record, I tried very, very, very hard to get this person. I'm not going to say his name, get this person on the show. And he said he was very confident and apparently not that confident because he didn't want to come on the show. Um, but, his uh, courage, the courage of his convictions are only limited to behind yeah. Facebook. Yes, exactly. Not in public. Exactly. Um, and so he, he, his whole thing is he claims to be able to defeat presuppositionalism, um, and so here, here's this question. He had two questions, he, um, but here's the first one. So could you be wrong about God existing? If you say no, and presupps usually do, I have to ask, do you think you are God, that you are perfect and make no mistakes? We're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was the one. Yeah. Like, yeah. if only that question was asked several years ago before how to answer the full everything, and w- we would be done. Oh, no. And he ended it. You so, mean I can go back to work? <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is no and no. Right. Right. Well, I, I, I have my answer right up here. I pulled it yeah, up. Yeah, because I, I tag Cy. He, you go ahead, Cy. And just real fast, it says, it, it, yep. that, that doesn't go anywhere, philosophically right. speaking, epistemologically speaking. It doesn't go anywhere. Right. So acting as though this were some sort of majestic type of an argument 
I think really, philosophically speaking, is foolish. The answer to your questions is no and no. So where do we go from there? Because mm. it's not really an effective challenge. Right. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that when you have presuppositionalism, it's, it's, it's simply about ultimate authority. It's about an ultimate standard of truth, God himself, and it's, an, it's objective testimony. So obviously it's a revelational epistemology. God has revealed himself. We can know what we know with certainty because God, who is the ultimate authority, who himself is the truth, has revealed himself. He's spoken in history. He testifies about himself in all of creation, general revelation, and we have the specific word, his special revelation, of himself in history and specifically of his son. And that's an objective testimony mm -hmm. in history that exists outside of myself. So what it this question I think does display is that the person who's giving the the question or essentially the argument doesn't understand the nature of of the challenge that we're making to him in presuppositional apologetics because we're not simply saying this is a preference that I have a particular preference and I feel like this. What we're saying is that apart from him, you can't know anything and you're reduced to foolishness because, listen, without him, you can't even frame the question in a meaningful way. You see, when you offer a, a challenge saying, well, this is not true, you're assuming an ultimate standard of truth in the question. Mm -hmm. Right. And you also assume a lot of things in the question itself, like, universal laws of logic yep. we must all hold to. You're assuming induction. You're assuming that we have in ourselves a um, moral obligation not to lie to you as we dialogue with you. And so there's so much that you assume and even bringing the question that you can't make sense of in your worldview. So ultimately, God makes the claim. That's an objective claim in history, and he demonstrates it. He doesn't just make the claim, he demonstrates it. And demonstration of the fact that he is who he says he is is the fact that you are reduced to absurdity even in even asking the question. See, our dependence is upon the objective revelation of God in history. No, I'm not God, and yes, I can be wrong. But here's the point, ready? He is God, and he cannot lie. He cannot be wrong. And here's the thing, argue against his testimony in history, and you're reduced to foolishness. That's the point. You can't make sense of even the challenge that you're bringing, Sai. Yeah, this was my answer. It said, I said, no, we could not be wrong about God existing as his existence makes intelligible the very concepts of rightness and wrongness. Sure, you may doubt this, but what is right and wrong according to your worldview, and how can you know anything to be right or wrong? Thanks. And of course, we got the typical response, crickets. <laughs> right, right. His response, I think, was, I already know what Sai's going to say. I wonder what Jeff says. He says the same thing, but he well, said it smarter. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's consistent, and I think that's the important point. Um, we can have sense experience because we're Christians. We can, we can justify sense experience. We can justify appeals to universal laws of logic that everybody must hold to, that you're obligated to hold to, because at the bottom of all questions about logic are questions about truth. Something that's let me just, true. Go ahead. Let me just clarify one thing you said earlier, just for those people who like to twist your words in particular. You said, sure, we could be wrong. 
yes, we could be wrong about some things. Yes. Right, right. But there are some things that we cannot be wrong about. Yes. God can make us certain of some things. Yes. So and, I, just yeah. to be clear, because then people are going to take that quote mine, you know, and take that out and say, well, Jeff would say we could be wrong, but yeah. that's not what we're saying. What I'm getting at is that God is infallible and that we are fallible. But the beauty of the biblical worldview is that we have an infallible God with his infallible revelation. And that revelation and its truth claims exist apart from us and are not dependent upon us, our experience, our interpretations, and our preference. That's the important point about the biblical worldview and and revelational epistemology, is that, that his word is the standard, the ultimate standard of truth, and my experience, my preferences, my claims have to run alongside that objective testimony and are and are ultimately judged by it and that's the important point and so the, no i'm not god and as a as a fallible human being i recognize my own fallible nature but the point is is that my claims are to be tested by his claims he's the ultimate standard and the amazing thing is is that when you have an unbeliever somebody who rejects the god of the bible trying to create an argument against the God of the Bible, they have to be dependent upon the things that only God can provide for them, which demonstrates, which demonstrates clearly, Romans chapter 5, that all of humanity is ultimately wrapped up in one of two federal heads. You are, you are either an image bearer of God in Adam, fallen, condemned, acting as image of God, but ultimately fallen. Or you are in Christ, peace with God, in covenant with God, through Christ, forgiven, image of God there. And so that's important to demonstrate, I think, when you talk about the issue of apologetics, is that everybody that we engage with is already in relationship with God. They need to be in a relationship of peace with God that's only through Christ, but everybody we talk to is already in relationship with God in one way or another. Marcus? Through the Noahic Covenant, right? Everybody is in covenant with God. Everybody's in covenant with God. You're either a covenant breaker or you're a covenant keeper. That's right. That's right. You're either saved or unsaved. You're either lost or redeemed, essentially. And uh, it's important to recognize that, again, foundational to everything we should be thinking as Christians is that when we dialogue with the unbeliever, they're not neutral and we are not supposed to be. And when we dialogue with the unbeliever, we need to come to them in terms of what God has already said about them. See, the unbeliever rails against God, argues against God, tries to denigrate the testimony of Christ in history, and they come at the believer and they start bringing these challenges. But what we would be better off doing as Christians, more biblically consistent and more philosophically consistent, is standing on the rock of God's word and demonstrating to the believer the borrowed capital. Mm -hmm. Because the unbeliever isn't even able to frame the argument in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. They cannot provide the warrant, the necessary warrant for the challenge itself. When they say Christianity is not true, the biblical worldview is not true, presuppositional apologetics is wrong, what are you assuming when you do that? Mm -hmm. That you can trust your sense experience? That that you can make a a, a claim about ultimate truth? That laws of logic are necessary, invariant, universal things that we have to all appeal to? That truth actually matters? Because I would venture to say, if you were able to sit down 
for a cup of coffee with this unbeliever and you were face to face with him, if you began to ask him questions about ultimates, for example, is it objectively wrong to say murder, rape, whatever, I think you would get with a naturalistic worldview, the clear and honest response and no, it's not ultimately wrong and no, it's not absolutely true that it's wrong. You begin to see the unbeliever's worldview fall apart. But at the beginning of an argument, that the atheist or unbeliever makes with the Christian presuppositionalist, you have the borrowed capital on full display. We just assume that there's ultimate standards of truth. We just assume that laws of logic are necessary, universal, and invariant. We just assume that you have to have integrity and argumentation. You're not allowed to lie in the conversation. Isn't that amazing? The borrowed capital is on full display in the beginning of the argument. And when you press the unbeliever to look at their feet and to begin providing preconditions to make intelligible what they're doing, they can't do it. They can't do it. And again, presuppositionalism isn't simply about saying, well, I have a personal preference to this argument. It's about the authority of Jesus Christ. It's about the authority of his word. That's the foundation. And abandon the authority of Jesus Christ in the argument. You're not only unbiblical in how you're walking in the world, but you're also philosophically inconsistent. Because if you don't stand on the rock of God's word as a Christian, you can't account for laws of logic as universal and necessary, unchanging truths. You can't provide the preconditions for induction. You can't do any of these things either if you don't stand on the rock of God's mm. word. Uh, Marcus, you got the tithing buckets because Jeff's preaching right now. <laughs> I just need. He's to, already like, standing up, like he's jangle some keys yeah. right now. Yeah, you know the uh, the analogy I really like is uh, two nations about to have a war, and one nation has all of the ammunition. When does that war start? That war starts when you hand the other nation some ammunition. Mm. This is the question I ask: Who owns science? Who owns logic? Who owns morality? Jesus Christ. From him, through him, and to him are all things, Romans eleven thirty six. And I will not give the tools of Jesus Christ to the unbeliever to argue against the Lord that I adore. That was another great synology. That, that was really good. There's a lot of political stuff that is relevant for today about giving oh. weapons to other nations. But anyway, dude, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if you're listening to the show and you hear this absurd question, I mean, the, I haven't responded to this guy yet. I think I'm just going to... Sh- post a link to the show now but i was gonna say like you don't even need to even entertain this guy's question until he can show justification for the laws of logic there's no point in even having the conversation because you're just letting him, like Sai said you're letting him assume logic until he can prove that there's no conversation there's no need to even answer the guy's question there's no need to hand your gun over to him right that's right mm-hmm. um hey can we just uh, Sai? I love Sai so much. I just do. I uh, and love uh, you too, guys. It was so cool being in the next room. Yes, I was so I was so he was sad creeping when you guys on left. us, man. <laughs> I, I heard I heard coughing in the next room, and I thought, oh, it's not my brothers. <laughs> it's not. I my was dudes. sad. I was it's really sad. Dudes. I was going to post dudes. that. At, um, one, at one point, I heard something outside the door. I was like, that's weird. I opened the door, and Sai had his ear up against our door. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Sai has is is very quick witted. Believe me, he really is, and. Uh, we were out uh, getting fish and chips. Delicious fish and chips. It I was made. probably the best fish and chips I've ever had in my entire life. But Luke, would you tell everybody okay. the joke that Sai said? At it the was table? amazing. Um, so they had three ch- uh, options. They had haddock, right? Haddock. Haddock groin. Had- haddock loin. <laughs> oh, loin. <laughs> um, I had the haddock groin. Yeah. Thank you. Halibut and well, Marcus cod. is so excited cod. he just lost his headphones. And cod, yes. So all I- meat. All meat. 
The options were all meat. There was all there's fish and chips. Yes. Uh, they didn't have cauliflower fish and chips. No, they shouldn't. So, <laughs> this ain't that post mill. We're not going to go there. I'm just kidding. Um, anyways, so I usually get cod for fish and chips, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll try the halibut. I've never had halibut. So, Sai says, you should try the halibut. And I was like, why? And he goes, for the halibut. Just for the halibut. hey Just for the halibut, you had to be there, I suppose. It was amazing. I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair. Yeah. I get it. It was funny. Well, I get it. We're very- okay, so speaking of humorous things, I got to sk- I didn't. I gotta read one more comment from this guy because you're gonna really appreciate this. So apparently, so he just hates pre-sub so much. So he says, if you really believed in God and feared for the souls of other people, why use a method that doesn't work? Is winning an argument more important than finding truth and saving people? Maybe my words won't reach you, so I will leave a Bible verse to make my point. You want to know what Bible verse he left? What's that? First Peter three fifteen through seventeen. <laughs> Wonderful, because that's. I'm glad we got an atheist using Bible now. Like, so it's the starting point of our apologetic. Oh, good, oh, good point. And, and and for and for I'm going to say this with love and respect to this man because he obviously doesn't know Christ and he's lost and I want him to know Christ. So I just I don't want to be abusive in any way. But I sure. will say this: ultimately, what we're most concerned with is the glory of God and His truth, not somebody's rejection or acceptance of it. Whether or not somebody rejects truth or accepts truth in the ultimate sense doesn't really matter. It's the truth by very nature. It's true anyways. And so when we proclaim Christ and his authority and lordship, we're doing it out of love for the Savior and out of love for truth. As Christians, truth. we believe that we are following the one who is the very foundation of truth, who is the very embodiment of truth. So Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. As Christians, we say that we are we are obligated to be lovers of truth. And so ultimately, why would we want to stand on the rock of his word? Because we love him and we love the truth. Whether or not somebody accepts the truth in the in the ultimate final outcome is irrelevant. We want to stand on the truth and the rock of God's word. But if you were asking this in a sincere way, the truth is I have seen countless people come yeah. to Christ. Countless people come to Christ. We have atheists at Apologia Church, uh, one who is, who, is a, who is a major in, in, in science in college, um, who was a militant, hardcore, mm-hmm. pipe-hitting atheist. We have atheists at, at our church that were militant atheists before they came to Christ. And, by the way, through conversations which contain presuppositional apologetics and the call of the gospel, they turn to Christ and their lives are totally transformed today. And so if you were truly being sincere and you wanted to know about the apologetic, that's the truth. Our church, our church is filled with people who, who came to Christ in that way. You guys ever hear that story about the, that fellow who was doing a lecture? It was uh, how to argue with an atheist and win. And after the lecture, this woman goes up to him and says, you know, I don't think God is real pleased when you go around winning arguments. And he said, ma'am, I think God is a whole lot less pleased when you go around losing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, good. you know, she had a point. You know, our purpose yeah. is not merely to win arguments. I, I did a lecture once and I was saying, you know what the beauty of this apologetic is? You're going to win arguments. You know what the danger of this apologetic is? You're going to win arguments and you're going to think it's you. And that's why we have to give glory to God because we're going to be we're going to win the argument, you know, by default. So we have to do it with gentleness and respect. And one thing I say, if somebody happens upon your conversation, it must look like you want that person to be saved. Mm. Yes. You know, of course, there's, there's a there's a place to call people out. But I think that we have to do this with gentleness and respect. That's why there's a warning. 
there's a warning because you know we're destroying worldviews. We're not talking about the complexity of the eye. So it must look like the end of debating Dillahunty. Yeah, something like that. And they, and they can see <laughs> that exactly at debating. Right. They can see that at debatingdillahunty.com. That's right. <laughs> and they should tell others that they saw it on Facebook.com. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got moving to, on. I'm yeah, done. We we got to see, and we're gonna go ahead and play the play the trailer for the film. We got to see a film. We finished at the conference. We got to hang out together and, and eat together, and we ended up going to the movies together in Canada. And uh, hey. we got to see uh, Tomorrowland by Disney. And so what we'll do is right now, actually, let's do this. Let's uh let's 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 come out of this out of this segment. And uh, when we come back. We'll play the commercial. Get us at ApologiaRadio.com. Don't forget to share an episode. Get the appy. Rate it on Google Play and iTunes. Be right back. This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. Get us at ApologiaRadio.com. The profanation of marriage is gaining legs within our culture with the same-sex marriage debate. This is church, a gospel issue. We have to be salt. We must be light on this issue of same-sex marriage. This is Joy Tembe with Apologia Radio. I urge you guys to pray for the homosexual community. Then log on to realharmony.org to equip yourselves with the resources we've provided. This is the ministry bearer. Here's the issue. The same-sex attracted community has a symbol that's universally recognized. It's an equal sign. You see it everywhere. Until now, the Christian community has not had a symbol that represents true, harmonious, biblical marriage. Go to realharmony.org and buy a sticker. The three bucks a piece. Get your church to buy them by the truckloads. Help us redeem the culture. And let me reiterate, this is not a political issue only. This is a gospel issue. Realharmony.org. After a long week of ministry in Canada, and we got to see Tomorrowland. To be honest, when we were looking for a film to watch, and that was really all that was available, I was like, I don't know, Tomorrowland. Not sure if I'm interested, but I'm glad I went to see it. Yeah, me too. On a personal level, I don't know that I'd go spend money to see it twice. Right. Um, but I, I, you know, I enjoyed it, and I think it it does give us good talking points. Let's get right into yeah. Tomorrowland by Disney. Uh, before we actually begin to engage in conversation on it and talk about uh, uh, post-millennial elements that are in the film, let's go ahead and play the commercial. This is Tomorrowland by Disney, rated, uh, is it rated, is it? This is rated PG. Okay, PG. When I touched this pen, I saw this place... Amazing. And it felt like anything was possible. And then it was gone. 
What do you want? I want you to take me to the place I saw when I touched this. Where'd you get that? I know that you were there. Who are you, kid? They followed you here? Who? John Francis Walker! You are now harboring a fugitive element. Release her to our custody. You have one minute to comply. commercial big epic scenes and subtitles it says here it comes fight for tomorrow tomorrowland fight for tomorrow nice and uh that you can obviously can't see it you know what, what the commercial is you go go look at it it's interesting the beginning starts off and and when she says i touch this thing i see this place and it's this beautiful city on a hill kind it of is. vision yeah. Is what she sees. So Surrounded when, by wheat. Mm, mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Hey. Yes. Very, very. I didn't even catch yeah. that. I well, just thought of it. Well I just thought of it. So, yeah, surrounded by wheat and uh, wow, wow. I know. Wow, it wow. just gets better the more wow. you think about it. Wow. Just Who directed this this bad boy? Brad Bird. Who's He's the guy that did The Incredibles. He worked for Pixar. Wow. Does a lot of stuff for Pixar. So, wheat field, big city on a hill. And when they, when they all touch this thing, they can see this vision of Tomorrowland, the future, this this epic place of beauty and anything's possible, and it's the city on a hill sort of a theme. And let's talk about it. So Tomorrowland. Yeah, okay, so I went to go see it by myself. Because we weren't here. Yeah, y'all left me. But yes. you told me, you were like, you got to see it, you got to see it. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go see it. Right. So I went to go <laughs> see it, and I fell asleep through most of it. True story. It was some boring parts. It, it really was. It, did drag it wasn't, little, it wasn't yeah. the greatest movie as a movie. Right. It had some chitty chitty bang bang moments. <laughs> I don't. What's that? Well, I don't even know what that means. It's an old Disney film. Chitty yeah. chitty bang bang. Before his time. Yeah, yeah, it's before my time. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I this woke is coming up. from the old Dutch. I woke up. Should we put a spoiler alert? We should put a. Spo- we should. Spoiler, do, spoiler, we alert. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yes. Okay. So I woke up right before the final monologue, and like I watched it with House, Doctor House, Hugh Doctor House, right, and and. I, I literally almost wanted to stand up in the theater and, and everybody that was watching and go, did you just hear what, what he said? <laughs> <laughs> Luke, you have to read. Okay. So, so okay. I went home. I, I, I found a uh, terrible bootleg <laughs> just so I could. I wanted to transcribe. I wonder how you did that. It was a terrible bootleg. They exist. So check it out. Okay. 
So here, this was. Um, so let's set this up. So this is the bad guy in the film. Yeah. Should we say why he said this? Oh, and sense? he said, the, yeah, "Give the setting real fast." Yeah. So, so everybody in the movie, this girl is like, you know, she wants to figure out how to change the world, how to change the future, because everybody is all about it's getting worse, global warming, right. everything destroyed, wars, and awful, 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 and awful. Of wars. And everybody is thinking how bad things are and how bad things are going to be, and no one's doing anything about it. And she's frustrated because she wants to know how do we fix it. What are we doing to fix right. it? What right. are we doing to fix it? That's what she wants to know. And she's like the only one asking the questions. Right. So they came up with a way to fix it, which was to broadcast through the radio in a way that I guess that things were getting bad. Yeah. So they had an essentially a bad end times prophecy with the idea that, hey, if people know things are getting bad, they'll want to fix they'll it. They'll want to fix it. Yeah. And so the frustration to him was that humanity is garbage because they did the opposite. They embraced it. So they're not even, humanity is not even worth saving and go ahead and read his. Yes. Okay. So he says to save civilization, I would show its collapse, which is what we just talked about. So then he says, how do you think this vision was received? How do you think people responded to the prospect of imminent doom? They gobbled it up like a chocolate eclair. They didn't fear their demise. They repackaged it. It could be enjoyed as video games, TV shows, books, movies, like Left Behind. The entire whole, <laughs> or the entire world wholeheartedly embraced the apocalypse and sprinted towards it with gleeful abandon. Meanwhile, your Earth was crumbling around you. You got simultaneous epidemics of obesity and starvation. Explain that one. Bees and butterflies start to disappear. Glaciers melt. Algae blooms. All around you, the coal mine canaries are dropping dead, and you won't take the hint. And every moment, there is the possibility of a better future. But you people won't believe it, and because you won't believe it, you won't do what is necessary to make it a reality. So you dwell on this, your terrible future, and you resign yourselves to it for one reason. Because that future doesn't ask anything of you today. Oh. So yes, if you saw the iceberg on the Titanic... You just steer towards it anyways. Full steam ahead. Why? Because you want to sink. You gave up. Ouch. Hmm. Yeah. Why is our worldview coming out of them pagans' mouths? <laughs> That's <laughs> what I want to know. Yeah. Um, well, you know what's interesting is I saw you posted before we saw it. You posted, uh, Marcus, on the Facebook page that uh, you heard like good things about it or something. And, and somebody came on there and said, oh, I hated it. I made Christians look stupid. Yeah. And I was trying to figure that out the whole time I watched the movie. Yeah. is like, where's the anti-Christian message here? It, but it's not. It's anti-dispensational right. message. Exactly. It doesn't make it, Christians look stupid. No, it, 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 look stupid. it makes a, a, a negative yeah. eschatology look as foolish as a negative eschatology is. Yeah. That's exactly, that's what, that's what it did. Yeah. yeah. And, and like several times through the movie they use the actual word that i've only heard from gary damar self-fulfilling prophecy mm. <laughs> and like every time they said it i i i just like jumped out of my seat i was i couldn't believe it and and so the movie makes the point that if you believe that things are getting worse you have no motivation to make things better mm. and that's exactly what we see in the I've never seen a more Christian film before, honestly. Than, than I mean, that in was the, fantastic. Yeah, the, the vision beneath it. 
It's not specifically about Jesus and the gospel, but the, the eschatology. Yeah. A the movie vision. doesn't have to be about Jesus and the gospel to be about Jesus and the gospel. The, the foundational right. truths. Okay, all right. So we think about eschatology itself and our vision of the future and how we're affected by it. Look, it, it's meaningful. It is. Because, I mean, obviously we're talking about a film here. This isn't made by Christians. We're not talking about, you know, the cross and the resurrection. But the the... The things in the film are so, like, biblical worldview-esque. I mean, again, the wheat field, and you see this vision of the city on a hill, and this great place and vision for the future. Everybody else in, 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 the, in the realm she currently is in is, is all about the, the brokenness, and it's getting worse, and there's no way out of this. And, and the interesting thing is, is, is what, what happens, Mark, as you pointed out to me, um, it, it's really cool. At the end of the film, there's these people who are selected. Elected. Yep. They're yep. elected. Yep. And uh, so they have the elect, and they can all see the vision of the city on the hill. And they, they can they, see they it. They pop out of the wheat field. Yes. Yeah. They pop out of the wheat field, and, and their task is to basically impact the world to make Tomorrowland the actual the goal. Yes. That's what they're getting to. And so it's interesting because, because it does affect you. Like, for example, if you think about this in terms of a Christian, when you have things like the Left Behind series and all eschatologies that are pessimistic in their view of what takes place within history before Jesus returns, it does impact you because you see, it's true. If as a Christian you think that the world's getting worse and it's going to hell in a handbasket and things are only going to get worse before Jesus comes to rescue a defeated church, then that's what you work in terms of. You work in terms of, well, the world getting worse is actually a good thing for the church. It means Jesus is coming back to rescue it at the end in, in a violent way where the kingdom of God will drop on history. But you see, if you actually view eschatology the way that, that Jewish eschatology, ancient Jewish eschatology puts it, ancient, I would say, Christian eschatology puts it, and the way the Puritans believed it, you believe that ultimately that we are the city on the hill and that our light is supposed to scatter the darkness and that Jesus is putting all enemies under his feet until they're all made a footstool for his feet and the last enemy to be defeated is death. That's when Jesus actually gives the kingdom over to the Father, not comes to bring it, but gives it over to the Father. Then you work in history in terms of that, like the Puritans did. They believed that the kingdom of God was a present reality, for real, and that, that everything was to be under the lordship of Christ, that he had all authority, and that ultimately you were to pray that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your vision of the future is this golden vision of the future. Right, and, and it's important to note that uh, Tomorrowland was in a separate dimension, and the goal of Tomorrowland wasn't to make Tomorrowland great. It was to take what was in Tomorrowland and apply it to the world. So in a sense, in essence, Tomorrowland was heaven. And then they were trying to bring what was in heaven to earth. That was, that was the thing. And it just, it's rich. Yes, it really is. Very nice. It can't be written by somebody who doesn't know something about the Bible. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus referred to it in Matthew as the kingdom yeah. of heaven. Yeah. And so those uh, who were elected got a vision mm. of heaven mm. and their goal was to bring that into it, the actual reality. Yeah. And what did they do, though? They're, specifically, they were supposed to go find more elect, right? Right. Yeah. There was a great commission, right? essentially. Yeah. yeah they there. went on to find more people. Right. That's <laughs> a bomb. That's a bomb. <laughs> it That's isn't, good. Isn't it so true that in talking about dispensationalism, like I love the quote where he says you embrace it. Like a, you eat it like a chocolate eclair, like 
the you know dispensationalism it gets excited for the destruction for the wars and all that stuff because we they embrace it because that means it's crisis sooner self-fulfilling gonna be returned it becomes yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, yeah. It's just crazy yeah Sai. i'm just waiting to get my apology of pin in the mail <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey but that might be are coming. you saying that only people that hold this view are elect is that what you're saying because that's what you're going to hear. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. So I said that, not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just want to make sure that we clarify. Yeah, so we don't of get course. All no, no. We're thinking we're hoping that that the church's eschatology is fixed up biblically and the world begins to be blessed by it. Yeah. See the fruit of it. So a lot of complaints from that film is it's too much about scientific revolution, too much about science, like science is the Too answer. much humanism, I saw. Right. That that's what That's what people would say. But scientific advancement is 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 a part of a christian worldview mm. like that's what god has given us and that he's he's told us to go into the world and to to labor on, on in the t- in the ground to make things better mm. and so sci- scientific advancement if we find like a cure for cancer or something like that that is a result of the Christian worldview science. You can't have science without Christian worldview. And like, I mean, ever since the Reformation, there's just this expanse of like science and technology. It's because of the Christian worldview that we have things that make things better. Science and uh, like uh, uh, medicine and hospitals and, and stuff like that. So I don't think you can completely cast it off because you're talking about scientific advancements because we we as well, christians the, the fruit of the gospel and the biblical worldview is going to lead to those things right the printing press yeah i mean for real yeah exactly right, right. i mean yeah ex- so so the biblical worldview is all encompassing when when jesus puts all things into into subjection to himself that means all things in heaven and on everything in subjection to him that means every area and as as the light of the gospel and god's truth uh begins to permeate every uh realm all realms are blessed by it so art medicine science uh everything government is, government is all blessed by the biblical worldview and so it does it's all encompassing it's an everything kind of uh, kind of uh worldview everything is infected by it yeah, it's a big gospel. It is. It's a very big gospel. And people will, will say, like Joe Boot said in our interview with him, people will say, well, that's an over-realized eschatology. When, in, when what Joe said was beautiful, he said, no, you have an under-realized soteriology. Ouch. <laughs> that is... Oh. Salvation is so big. Salvation from sin leads to the blessing of all of life. It's bigger than just individual salvation. Yeah, that the kingdom of God actually is all that's why jesus goes out proclaiming the good news of the kingdom the good news of the kingdom it's good news that he is king it's good news that the kingdom of heaven is broken into history it's good news for every creature under heaven it's good news it's good news for animals it's good news for it's good news for kids it's good news for adults it's good news all-encompassing good news salvation gets to everything and guess what you all sing about it every single year at christmas Hmm. right joy Joy to to the the world. world The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And what's the the big part of that song? As far as the curse is found. That's where his blessings flow. As far as the curse is found. Mm. What's up, Tomorrowland? Man. You know what I'm saying? Preach. Speaking of preaching, I love what John said at the end of his article. Where can that article be found? Gospelspam.com. It was was Shane Dotson. Or Shane, sorry. Yeah. 
Sorry. Sorry, Shane. I gave John credit. <laughs> Gospelspam.com. You can get the article that uh, Shane did on Tomorrowland. It's called Tomorrowland Disney goes post-millennial. He, Excellent. He said at the end, he's like, he said, people are complaining that it gets too preachy. And he's like, I say, preach it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Critics don't like a movie that has any conviction in it. Like, they just want to watch a movie that doesn't teach them anything. Yeah. So they, they, that's why Aaron Sorkin is, he's my favorite writer. People destroy him all the time because they're like, oh, it's just more of Sorkin's worldview being preached to us. You know, it's like, well, it's he's good. He's good at it. He's good at what he does. <laughs> All right, Cy, thanks for joining us on the show today, brother. Hey, Cy, where can people go to get more stuff from you and to support what you're doing? They can go to proofthatgodexists.org or absoluteapologetics.com, and it was just great to see you guys again. I miss you guys already. And yeah, I miss man. you, Marcus. I wish you were there as well. And let me just say this to whet everyone's appetite. Uh, plans are underway right now, Lord willing. We're going to have Cy out to Arizona to work on some projects and some things with Apologia Studios mm-hmm. very, very soon. Maybe some academic things? Some academic things, maybe. Like an Apologia Academy kind of thing? Maybe. Maybe Ooh. something like that. <laughs> 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 um, so stay tuned for that. Be looking forward to that. Please be praying for that. Cy, we love you, brother. And we'll catch you, you. We'll catch you again soon, man. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So this has been Apologia Radio. Another episode, guys. Again, uh, we want to thank you guys for your love for us, your supporting us, your praying for us, and uh, want to encourage you guys, go, again, pick up an episode at ApologiaRadio.com. Let your friends uh, get to hear it. Let them know about it. That's how you guys can join with us in this ministry. If it blesses you, that's how you can join with us. Want you to guys want you guys to be thinking about staying tuned to Apologia Studios, what we're going to put out, guys, in the weeks to come. Very excited. Uh, we're going to uh, have an option for you guys to be a subscriber. You can subscribe to Apologia Radios. We're going to fill you in on those details as we get them. This has been Apologia Radio. That's Marcus Pittman. What's up? Otherwise known as Darkus or King Ginger. <laughs> or the Marxist. The Marxist, Marcus the Marxist. Not Marxist, Marxist. 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 That's the bear over there, Luke Pearson. Peace out, y'all. It's me, Jeff Durbin, the ninja. Don't forget, guys, pick up our stuff. You can donate at ApologiaRadio.com. Thank you so very much for your love and for your support. We're blessed by you guys. We'll catch you next time. Blind perception, divine reality. Wanted to see. Our dreams are built on a faulty foundation of fallacy. This will be our fatality. It's simply a formality. See the casualties, the war laid on the floor of the battle scene. We worship how we feel. We don't worship who we should. Yeah, we got it back. Hi, this is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. You can get us at ApologiaRadio.com. I'm also the pastor at Apologia Church in Tempe. You can get us at ApologiaChurch.com. want to invite you guys to join us for worship, the word, and fellowship on Sundays at 4 p.m. And that's Joy Tempe. Hey there. We are a family integrated church, so we invite you to bring your whole family to worship with us. This is Luke Pearson, the ministry bear, also discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. Like Jeff mentioned, we are now meeting at a new location and time, 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoons at Arizona Community Church. That's 9325 South Rural Road and Tempe. We're meeting in the Community Center, and that is between Warner and Ray off of Rural. Again, you can reach us on them internets at ApologiaChurch.com. Delicious beards are encouraged but not required. <laughs> Glory!